It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. <laughs> I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. <laughs> God, it's good to have that back. Yay! And Woo! she thought she was going to be a bad guest. She's already having the time of her life. Isn't that fun? I was really holding back my laughter. Oh, just let it, Don't let hold it back. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah, that's right. Get up on that mic, girly. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to celebrity guests about... Uh, their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I am your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson, and our producer, Riley Bray. And uh, you already heard her talking. I'll bring her right in, ladies and gentlemen. She is a very talented actor. I've known her. I think you're one of the first friends I've ever made out in Los Angeles. Uh, really? Yeah, because we met when I was still living in my very first apartment, which was like 16 years ago. So we're old chums. You've seen her on a million TV shows. Uh, currently, I'm going to say the wrong one. What's the one where you're married to like some guy in the SWAT team? <laughs> that would be it, SWAT. SWAT. Okay, good. <laughs> I thought it was SWAT. That's uh, awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Bree Blair. Yeah. Hi. I forgot to put your list Woo. of credentials together. You want me to go down to your no, IMDb? Oh, God, no. Okay. What's your character's <laughs> name on SWAT? Um... <laughs> I'm Plus, sorry, I, I totally you, blanked. No I told one. him I'm on my third coffee today. It's Annie. No, it's Annie. And no one from the show is listening to this. Uh, that's great. And it airs when? Just kidding. We are off to a good start. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, real I quick, just... before we go into the show, uh, uh, it's fine. Speaking of mistakes, uh, I have a sort of correction from last week. I realized after the show was over, um, when I was telling a story about Bauman's Goblin, uh, on the 4th of July episode. That's right. We celebrate the 4th of July with goblins. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot to mention that uh, the trapper who was friends with Teddy Roosevelt, his full name was Carl L. Bauman. I just called him Bauman and I realized that and it's been bugging me. I'm sure me he's all grateful. Week. Well, yeah. you know what? The Bauman family are it, there might have pleased. Been just, you know, I don't fuck with ghosts. <laughs> so I want to make sure the dead are appeased. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how's everybody's week going so far? Great. It's yeah, good. that's a lie. It's nice. It's Monday. <laughs> but, but you said it convincingly. Hold on. You okay there, Bryce? Yeah, no, I'm good. Okay. I'm putting on just my, keep smiling. my podcast. We can, talk, we can talk about it. No, yeah, please, we God, can. no. We, no. We can, there's room for more uh, per, just personal history on this show. Yeah. Not just personal paranormal history. I think people like the tidbits. Oh, my God. No, I start therapy the tomorrow. I'll save it for that. Wait. Oh. Are you really starting therapy? Yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. You told me Wait, before you would never do it. Like for the first time in your I life i did it oh one other God, time where i took like three or four sessions and i was like i'm not feeling this chick i'm out mm. well that's but, okay sometimes you get a, th- a therapist you don't I'm, i've been in therapy I'm, for 10 years okay clearly good. it's yeah. working miracles <laughs> <laughs> i'm a yeah. big advocate for it for <clears throat> sure really yeah because i feel like you go well now i have two outlets i was gonna say <laughs> there's there's only one place you can go for an hour a week and just talk about whatever you want <laughs> Right. Now I have two of those. I know. I feel but, like I'm going to be like, what's your thoughts on UFOs? Oh, I definitely <laughs> talked to my therapist about aliens for sure. Okay, good. For sure. I'd like to be a fly on the wall for oh that my God. therapy oh, well, session, totally. right? Because yeah. I'll be like, but they're not hallucinations. <laughs> right. You right. know what I mean? And yeah. she's like, well, maybe. I know. I feel like I'm going to argue with him. No, that's why I started going to therapy was because... 
about 10 years ago, I was st- so stressed out that I would wake up in the middle of the night and have these night terrors mm. oh, yeah. and see uh, what uh, Wes Craven, who I was working on, uh, The Hills Have Eyes 2 at the time. I don't know if I told this story on the podcast mm, no, before. No, I don't think so. But um, I, w- w- it all started, we were in Morocco for like two months, and it was the, fir- it's the first and only time I've had a lead in a studio film. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was like... Doing some like kind of actiony stuff. I had like uh, assault rifles and knives, and I was like awesome. crushing mutants' heads with with large rocks. And Hell yeah, it was really gory. Whoa. I was like covered in blood for like a month at least. I've got to see this, and it's you know what? Maybe we'll do it on one of our movie nights. That'd be great. That'd be yeah. kind of fun. Yes. Um, it is a monster movie. Uh, but anyway. So I woke up one night in the hotel that we were in, and and we we're shooting six days, sixteen hour days, and like again, we we're out. For the first month in the Moroccan desert, 115 degrees. I mean, it was just like it was. It was most physical uh, stress I'd ever been through on anything, you know, especially a job. And I woke up one night, and I saw myself covered in blood, standing over my bed, holding a knife. Oh no! And I have <laughs> never like a fucking scream from like the bottom of my like from the base of my balls just went shot up my body i like threw a pillow i like knocked over the lamp i ran into the bathroom and slammed the door and i was shaking so fucking hard and um now we had been smoking a lot of hash (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure that wasn't it but you're fine. But but um I remember the next day talking about it on set and and between takes Wes Craven who was there producing was like you saw a phantom. I was like <laughs> you I'm saw sorry, a what? Phantom. I was like you saw a phantom. Um next time ask it what it wants. That's great. And I was like next time no <laughs> yeah, thank you. Right. But that's Did started, you ever did you ever have him again? Yeah, it started happening to me a lot. Um when I even when I came back in town, I would like wake up and I would see. I remember seeing like a woman in a glowing green woman. I saw like two goblins with like cat eyes and big teeth, like Cheshire cat mm. fangs, like peering through my doorway. But the, but what would happen is I'd wake up and it would be they they would be there for a split second and then they'd be gone. Do you wake up in like a night like a night sweat? I would wake up and it would be the first thing that I'd see as I open my eyes. And just as soon as I saw it, it would vanish. You know what I mean? But it was very clear for that second or two. And which which is really funny. And this is going to segue later into our story of high strangeness. So I went to therapy because I was like, I'm fucking seeing shit. Mm -hmm. And she was like, this is your anxiety. This is just how your anxiety manifests itself. And it wasn't even day one, day two. I'm talking two, three months later, four or five, like maybe even a year later of just going in and talking about stuff. And I went, oh, my God. I just like it hit me one day. I went, that hap- that used to happen to me as a kid. Oh, wow. And I went, oh, I used to wait. I remember one time I woke up as a kid and I saw E.T. like standing over my bed <laughs> and I saw screamed and it had it vanished actually i think that was my teddy bear there but it was like my teddy bear had morphed into uh et for a moment and i went oh my god this has been happening and then i was like oh actually it happened during times in high school too and i could always point to periods of stress in my life where it would happen and i tell you what 
going to therapy, it doesn't happen anymore. Right. If I'm going to therapy and once a week just getting shit off my chest. But I, I say it's I say it's cues up high strangeness a little bit later because in the story that I'm gonna tell, um the the person at the center of the story starts connecting dots and some <laughs> things she doesn't even should seem obvious and then later she went Oh my God, that used to happen to me as a kid too. Right. And you don't always link up these things that happen to you because they're happening years apart at a time totally. to create one clear narrative. And that's what therapy helped me do. I went, okay, so now I know if I'm overly worked, if I'm a little stressed, if I'm not getting stuff off my chest, you're gonna be seeing shit. Like I'm gonna have, <laughs> no, I'm gonna have nightmares. Or I'm gonna right. have like night terrors, and that just fucking happens. I have this fear of like being. Um, hypno regressed like you know because most alien abduction cases they don't really find the good details until they get re you know what's called regressed which um, which means like a hypnotherapist or, or, or a therapist who's licensed to do hypnotherapy will take them through the incident either mm -hmm. like in a semi sort of um unconscious days yeah. or like a or almost like a hypnotism in a sense but then but then they're allowed and they're relaxed enough to recall incidents in their life and with more vivid details a lot of these abduction cases you know that happen most of the time they're, they they don't even recall it happening or the details of it until they are regressed you know mm. But I have this fear because I've experienced a few things where I'm like, <laughs> I bet if I got regressed, I would find out some shit. Can you we know? please record that? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's both do it. Let's both do it. Oh, my God. I'd be like, oh, geez. Could you imagine? Bree. That's, uh, that's terrifying. It is. I remember when I used to, um, or when I was trying to quit smoking, this is a long time ago, uh, and I was considering doing that. This is like before the vape pen and all that. That sure. was just like one of the options. Getting hypnotized Get to quit. And smoking. I was like, yeah. no way. Right. I'm not doing that. I ended yeah. up doing it on my own. Took a couple times. But hypnotizing you. yourself. Yeah. Hypnotizing <laughs> Standing in a mirror myself. with a, with a pocket watch. watch the pendulum. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do this myself. <laughs> do you go to therapy? Can we ask? Are you are you a believer in therapy? Do you to go? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And how's that worked out for you? Are uh, you seeing goblins at night? <laughs> No. <laughs> she gave him a weird look. <laughs> no, I think therapy's great. I also, I'm one of those people that doesn't always, I think it's nice to have that person to put all your shit on. I, I don't want to always go to my friends for that. I don't want to like exhaust my friends of my issues. Right. It's just totally. nice to have someone. Yeah. Yeah. And my therapist is great because she really makes you do the work and she gets into it. She's like, do you want to do this exercise or does that sound weird to you? And I'm like, no, I'm totally about that. And so it's finding someone that I think works in the way that you want to work. Yeah. Cause I've also met someone where I'm like, I'm not, this isn't helping and I'm not into this. It's a you personal just find, thing. It's, it's just like a doctor. It's also self-discovery, yeah. self which I'm all about. Yeah. Self, you know, just oh, like, we know you're into self-exploration. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, but yes. So I'm looking forward. But I've taken breaks too. And yeah, me you too. Like go for different reasons, whether it's relationships or, yeah. you know, in different periods in your life. And it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of periods in your life, what oh is my God. I don't know. That was a that. weird, that yeah, was weird. Bad segue. <laughs> yes. What uh, is your personal paranormal history? This is the thing. This is the dilemma. I don't really have one. And is it's that so, a dilemma? 
Well, yeah. Don't I mean in general when, you, when you're hearing all of these like stories. And by the way, I've been close. I feel like I've been so close to many of them, or they've happened in the next room, oh, well, or stories well, like have been what? told. And then I'm like, I'm like, I'm missing out because mm. I don't have anything. What happened? Was there anything that happened in the next room that you know about, or a good friend, or anything? Anything I'm, you remember from growing up? I'm. Uh, so years ago, I used to work at the Avalon, which is. N- notoriously known for the ghosts, yeah, right? right? And I'm uh-huh. trying to remember all the stories, but I remember when I first got the job and they gave us the tour down, they're like, well, there's a guy up there who's been seen eating popcorn because I think the story was that there was a kid that fell over the balcony. Oh, weird. A young kid. And that there, what do you call it when um, there's the type of ghost that live there all the time resident, and then ones that visit? Yeah, what is that called? Yeah, residential ghost. And then the... Yeah. Resident Re- Evil? Resident Ghosts. Yeah, yeah, So they yeah. had some resident ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> and so we'd get told the story, and then the security guards had theirs, and I was like, okay, well, we'll see if anything happens. I worked I worked at the Avalon, but I also worked up at the Spider Room upstairs. Which, remember now, that, that back in the day? that seems like a place that if anyone, if any of them was going to be haunted, it's going to be the Spider Room. <laughs> well, you think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to go in the Spider Room. Mm. But I was working one night, and there was a new girl, and... And our boss was there and it was towards the end of the night and she was finishing up her paperwork. She hadn't started. She's brand new. And she walked down the stairs and I was finishing up. I was in the room and he was walking right before behind her and she just fell down the stairs. And I'm like, Whoa. she didn't she didn't trip or whatever. She oh, like no. sprained her ankle and fell down a flight of stairs. And he goes, I swear to God, it just looks like like her body moved forward and she said it felt like someone pushed her down the stairs. What? Whoa. And that was, you know, and so that's like as close as I've gotten to. That's fucked up when there's Can an we ask injury you something? involved. <clears throat> Did, you Did push I push her, her down, down the stairs? Maybe. Maybe. Competition. And then I was really excited because you – we were, I think we were like texting one night and then yeah. you were like, you're going to, I don't judge me or like, don't, I, this is going to sound really crazy. And then you called with your whole story. Oh yeah. 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 Um, About the alien at the window or, or y- what yeah, looked which like I the alien at the window. thought was really yeah. cool. Not the same as one of my night terrors. Mm-mm. Just right. to let you know. My dog saw this, la- this went on for yeah, that was seconds long. I got cool out of bed story, and, and it shit. got me excited and you're like, yeah, you should like come into, I was like, no, I don't have anything to talk about on your podcast. And then I got really excited because I was driving. I think we mentioned this on maybe oh, our you, second or third episode. Oh yeah, yeah, you did, you did. But go on, tell tell the story. I um I was I, I was in my girlfriend Bo. I was in her truck and we were uh, uh, just on Rose on the west side in Venice. Yeah. And I look up and it's probably like sun's close to going down and there was all these like things in the air that it wasn't airplanes, it wasn't whatever, and they were like slowly. Floating, kind of like when people were freaking out about the Elon Musk thing, yeah, yeah, you know, right. and they're like, "What is that?" And I'm looking, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I gotta call Mike <laughs> Oh yeah, that's <laughs> I right. Him in a panic, and I was I like, love that. "There's something in the sky." I wish I had that voicemail. Yeah. So I do. I so bad. And he was it. like, "Okay," and you got he got like real serious mode. Like, "Well, here's the thing. There's a lot of paranormal activity in Santa Monica because of X, Y, Z." You know, yep, and I was yeah. like, "This is crazy. This is crazy." And we're going, we're going, and then I went, "Oh." Wait a second. <laughs> they were people were lighting lanterns and letting them go, oh, wow. but you could see them so that far in the illegal. distance. You know what though? This is great because you were able you hung with the sighting and then you were able to discern that it was lanterns and not something um yeah. Yeah. you know paranormal okay. or something. Yeah. 
And so yeah. I think, you know, as a witness, you are able to make those distinctions yeah. sometimes. We got to like rule that though? shit out. Otherwise, yeah. that I mean, that's good when you can yeah. rule something out because yeah. then we look less like assholes. Because yeah. like, if, you know, if it's lanterns and we're calling it UFOs, we look like jerks. So we need to figure we need we need to get this stuff defined for yeah. sure. Yeah. What was your feeling? Were you like kind of excited? Did you feel any fear? Or? I was really excited. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Elon Musk thing happened yeah. and that, that was really exciting. Fooled everybody for a minute. I was definitely fooled. <laughs> yeah. It just looked like an undulating like uh, jellyfish in the sky. It yeah. was cool as fuck yeah. too. I remember one time I was up um, on the roof of my very first apartment building in yeah. LA. This was back in my smoking days. Don't mm. do it, kids. And I was having a cigarette, and I was out looking west towards the ocean. This is around the Fairfax in the Fairfax district in Hollywood. So you know, it was a pretty clear night. And I remember looking out um, towards the west, and I could see these orangey yellow balls of light shooting up into the sky they almost i for a split second i thought that somebody was just like riding lighting roman candles off <laughs> on another roof nearby roof and then i realized like wait those are further away and they kept going up they were like sp spiraling around one another uh -oh. and i waited for them to blow up into <laughs> fireworks and they didn't do that and they just kept going up past the cloud cover and then i could see them going uh, through the clouds, just up into the sky. And I watched this go on for, I'd say, 30 seconds. There was like a series of it happening, and it just kept going up and up and up. They that didn't was burn like the out. lantern thing. They were already so far up there that I, was, I wasn't mm. assuming it was so far away that so I just didn't even... fast. Oh. Like, this looked like the speed of which fireworks shoot off. Oh, like, that's okay. Brrr, that's brrr. Yeah, and I was... Just, that's like the only... Weird light in the sky that I've seen in in like L.A. There that was, was fifteen there, years ago at least. See, when, for for me, when things move in a linear direction, I I, I don't get too excited yet. Like if mm. it's straight up or if it seems like Elon Musk's rocket thing, it seemed to be like okay, it's traveling in kind of a one direction. Now, this I see, was at an <clears throat> angle, diagonal angle, spiraling around one another. Well, like when, multiple lights. <clears throat> when things stop in in the air and change directions, that's when I start getting ah. a little. Like, not excited, but going, what the fuck is that? I mean, there was a point when I was taking my kids to the park and I, for about, for a couple months, I would just, I'd be watching, just staring up and I would see them in the sky and they and they would just like, look like little white balls and they would just be sitting there and I'm, and then they would move and then they would stop again and then they would move like another direction and I'm going, okay. Now, I know that can't be a plane. I know it's not a satellite right. because satellites can't stop. I mean, they're in a they're in a rotation. And I know it's not a star. And I'm and then you just start going, "What the fuck is that?" You know what I mean? Because now it's starting to like, you know, not obey the our, our general understanding of the laws of physics. These things are like whatever that is or was. And I'm going, "Could that be a balloon or something?" But then, you know, uh, balloons don't really stop and change directions either. Um, you know? Not so long ago, uh, earlier this summer, you posted uh, a video that you took onto Instagram of an orange orb that you saw in the sky. Yeah, the Halloween um, night. My we'll whole family saw. We'll it. repost it for this episode. What was? Can you tell the story behind that? Because um, yeah. you so didn't, this was you right didn't really around explain it too much. Well, this was right around that same time. I mean, I don't do it so much anymore, but for for a while there, I was just always looking up, always looking up. Um, 
And so it was Halloween, and I was with my family. I have two kids and my wife, and uh, and then I I see it. I see it in the sky. It's it's orange, just like that white ball, right? And it's just hanging there. And then it like moves in a direction, and it'll stop again. And then it'll like move in a direction and stop. And I'm going, okay. I know that's not a star. I know that's not a plane. It's I know it's not a helicopter. It could be a lantern. It's a light, right? It, it's, mean, a, it's 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 a, it's a pulsating orange orb thing wow and i'm going okay the the next the first most plausible explanation for me is lantern right like lantern but a lantern uh is 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 you know from the from the heat of the lamp the light the the heat goes up right so this thing i i can i can eliminate that i think because sometimes it moves down and and it's getting like closer and anyway so i take out my camera first of all i'm like hey kids do you see that and they're like yeah you're like, like okay. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like what is that? And and my wife, she's so great. She's like, I don't know. Let's go. <laughs> I'm like, well, let's go. so I whip out the phone and I get I get a video. I have two videos of it: a three second and, and then a four second. And and it, you could just see it. It's like a pulsing orange huh. orb, and then it just kind of shoots off upwards. And so it was strange. And I, I don't know what it was, but did you was, get any comments on like did people have ideas about what it was? I'm sure well, you got. I've, I've researched the subject, and orbs are are, are really quite common in in unidentified ah. aerial phenomena. Nobody knows what they are. I mean, you know, is it a is it a light being? Is it a is it a is it an offshoot from a UFO or what the fuck is? It? I have no idea. Um, but I'm pretty sure I, I was able to eliminate the things that it wasn't, you know. I rewatched um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind this weekend. And God, it, like, talk about a movie that just, like, got it right from the get-go. It's so yeah. funny. Have you seen Close Encounters I haven't ever? seen it in so long. Yeah, I had never actually seen the the original theatrical version. There are three versions that are available. They're mm-hmm. all on the same DVD, but there's, like, the original <laughs> theatrical release... And then there's a special edition where Spielberg got to do some reshoots and because um, he wasn't happy with the final cut of the original film, like they were like over budget or lost time. Mm. And then uh, then there was like a 1998 like final director's cut. But I hadn't seen the original theatrical release, which does not show the interior of the mothership at the end. But it's so cool because <laughs> all the there's that like little red glowing orb flying around yeah it looked like that it's like the baby one that follows the ice cream cone shaped ones and so there's like the little ufos that don't have passengers in them Mm -hmm. they're the size of like uh you know like a large screen tv or something and then there's like um the mothership that has all the entities in it and then there's like the little red orb and i was like oh man this is like from 19 you know what is it 79 they were making this yep 78 and it has like all the staple shit that we still talk about today it's all in that one Mm. movie and um there's also a great cameo by jay allen hynek Oh, At the very that. end, when they're all, when the government and everybody's wait, watching the mothership come in, they cut to Jay Allen Hynek, who's this famous UFO researcher, and he's there with his pipe, and there's just one shot of hmm. him. So, like, that's he's awesome. with them in the crowd. Oh, that's wild. And he consulted on the on the film. Um, but, of course, I didn't catch that the last time. I mean, it's been 10 years since I've watched it. At yeah. least I didn't catch that 10 years ago. But um, anyway, such a good, just classic. It holds up. It really does. Well, they say. It really does hold up. Some of the effects a, are a little mm, dated, but the wonder of that film There's really a lot of lore behind up. that film, and, and one of the, the lores is, is there's supposed 
um, some 16 millimeter footage taken of a uh, of a landing at Holloman Air Force Base. Now, Richard Nixon knew about this, and you know th- th- this is all part of the lore, right? Yeah. And um, they gave it to a filmmaker named Robert Emenager, who was going to make a. a uh, first of all, Nixon wanted to be like the they, they say like the uh, uh, the disclosure president. He wanted to let the public know about everything that was going on. Yeah, and so and it was his, Eisenhower, right? The footage was <clears throat> of Eisenhower. Yes, and meeting so, aliens. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, this is crazy. And so his chief of staff gets a hold of this filmmaker named Robert Emenager, and they're like, and he they bring him into the White House, and he's like, "What am I here for?" And they're like, "We want you to make a UFO on uh, a UFO documentary." And he's like, "I don't know anything about that shit." And they're like, "Well, we want we, you're, you're a great filmmaker. We want you to do it." And so he and and he's like. And then they tell him, and for the uh, for the grand finale, we're going to give you film that we actually have of a meeting that took place at Holloman Air Force Base. And apparently his, he was like, okay. So he went on to make this film. Now fast forward and whatever. This is yeah. the short, short version. You know, he makes we talked fil- about this last it's week. It's a pretty popular uh, documentary. still holds up. It's called UFOs Past, Present, and Future, whatever. Now when it came time to put that footage in, he gets a call the night before saying, you know, Forget it. It's not happening. Why? But now, um, well, they they weren't ready to disclose to the public, to the public this. Damn it! But Damn then, I, and now I forget how the Always back part the of the story goes. Where he's like, um, um, later on when he saw Robert Emenager saw it Close Encounters of the Third, you know, um, they're like, oh yeah, Steven Spielberg had a. Had a, had a meeting as well. He knew all about that Holloman Air Force meeting yeah. that took place, and he based. Does he talk about well, that? Well, no, but you, when you in that final uh, scene in Close Encounters, like they make such a point of he or Spielberg makes such a point of showing all the video cameras rolling, right? He's taking footage of this stuff, and also it's very similar to the final scene in Raiders when the Nazis are opening up the Ark of the Covenant and the Nazis are filming that as well. Right. So you could tell, and that's all around the same couple of years of filmmaking, there was this period where Spielberg was clearly into governments knowing about supernatural shit, documenting it. And in the case of Raiders, you know, when the Ark comes open, those cameras get melted. So none of that shit was right. ever... But well, but it is a fascinating thing in Close Encounters of the, of the Third Kind. You watch that movie... And when the movie ends, you wonder, you're like, I wonder if they ever shared this mm. with the public in this movie universe, well, right? That's, that's right. Because, the ru- they, because they go through the whole point of like creating a false, I don't want to say, well, I'm not going to say it, but uh, like, uh, uh, you know, like saying that there was a radio, radiation leak, yeah. a chemical leak to clear everybody out of the area. So when the aliens landed, the public wouldn't know about it. Yeah, well, that's sort of the rumor, right? Is that either A, Steven Spielberg was able to see this Holloman Air Force Base landing. You know, he was disseminated this information on purpose. Or that B, that uh, a a government insider had told him about what happened and and because uh, they knew he were he was making. Does he a, talk about it in an interview? E- is this a common oh, ass no. thing? I mean, no, no, no. I mean, you know, I I'm sure if you a, asked him, he would laugh. You know, sure. I but, think uh, he's a hundred percent believer in this stuff, though, because if you yeah. watch, like I said, if you go back and watch Close Encounters, right, it's all there. Like mm-hmm. all this shit that we're talking about, he's clearly a fan of it, and I do. I think he's a believer. Um, Anywho, yeah, but that's interesting. an interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. We'll interesting. To... I'm learning so much. Um, oh, yeah. What about? Um, I'm also learning like what to get excited about now. Speaking... So I feel like I'll be like a little bit more hesitant before I'm like, 
You guys. Right. Because you know that now both of you are my first phone call. When oh, this that's stuff great. Goes down. I love that. We feel so Ghostbuster-esque. Um, Brie. Yes. Speaking of alien abduction movies, mm. <laughs> you were in a television miniseries, mm-hmm. 1992, mm-hmm. on CBS. Mm-hmm. What? Called Intruders. Oh, man. Uh, so cool. Which was um, an adaptation of a book by Bud Hopkins called uh, Intruders, wow. The Incredible Visitations of Copley Woods. Now, loosely based. I rewatched this this weekend yeah, you in were preparation for that. today. Um, boy, oh boy, is that a hard miniseries, two, two hours and 47 minutes to get through. But... <laughs> <laughs> there's some great, uh, there's some great uh, alien, great alien scenes in it. It's just the music is terrible, oh my God. but some of the special effects are really, really good. Um, Bree, I I remember when we talked about this years ago, and you told me that you were a child actor who was yeah. uh, in Intruders. I freaked out. I was so excited because <laughs> I remember when Intruders came on. Uh, the TV, and I, yeah. it scared the shit out of me. It was all about alien abduction. It's all that Johnny Mac stuff. Yeah. And Bud Hopkins and Johnny Mac were both listed as consulting, uh, consulting, um, not producers, but they were consultants on the film. Wow. It's all about implants. It's all about abductions. Yep. And it's all about alien hybrid children. And uh, do you have, uh, can you talk about? Uh, I mean, yeah, I have a few memories from it. Obviously, I was pretty, I'm trying to. Th- what, 92. Gonna, 92. You were a kid. Well, I was a kid. Yeah, I was probably like ten, nine or 10. Wow. 10. Maybe 10. I'm not sure. Um, don't do the math, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was my very first... I mean, like done a couple commercials and some print stuff. You know, I had asked my mom to do this and she's like, okay, we can kind of figure it out and keep you in school and when we can kind of thing. And then I like really was like... I want to be in the movie. So this That's was awesome. my first job. Um, I remember, what's her name? Uh, Christian Slater's mom. Uh, oh, yeah. Mary Jo Car- uh, Mary no, Jo Slater. Slater. Yeah. I think she's still casting she some is. things. Yeah. yeah. But she she cast me in this. It was my very, very, very first job. And I was playing a young Susan Blake. Like, right. Right. Yeah, and then the other Who, Mayor girl. Win- Mayor Winningham, Winningham was the lead. She Mayor Winningham played... Uh, a woman who's based on uh, Deborah Jordan Cobble, who was the woman at the center mm. of all of these uh, abduction experiences. Wow. Yeah. And you played a younger version of her older sister. Susan Blakely. Yeah. That's her name, Susan yeah. Blakely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, we had a blast, but I remember them bringing out, uh, we were talking about, you know, when the kid turns around the thing. I have pictures of it. I yeah, should have so brought it with the, the mask that they made, like the special scene, effects. And the it scene was, is like, a uh, little Brie I've never seen and a it. little girl following a little strange boy into the woods and I, I was laughing because the dialogue is literally little boy slow down little boy wait like what kid calls another kid <laughs> yeah boy? very bizarre <laughs> you just like, be like hey wait yeah you know we're what? like giggling and it's like a little it's a little creepy yeah and then they follow him out to a lake and there's just this boomerang Spaceship. shaped UFO hovering over the lake. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and the, the kid turns around. Yeah, the kid turns around and it's like, <laughs> can you see this? <laughs> like, no this way. alien human hybrid. <gasps> the awesome. kid is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, what? Th- that scene scared me so bad. Yeah, well, as a it was kid. kind of, if I showed you guys this, man, I, w- I, sh- I should have brought it. it. I do have a picture 
where like they were the guy was showing it because the kid had to put the mask on. I mean, wow. You know, back then, obviously, it's not what we can do now. The makeup and stuff. It was kind of ridiculous looking, but also creepy, a little scary, yeah, super creepy. So when you're a young kid watching that, I imagine. But I remember um, we were doing a scene where we went into. I guess it was the spaceship where they do, they're about to do the implantation. Yeah. And I was really bummed because. <laughs> this is the kid. <laughs> Wait. Wait, real quick. That's the kid right there. Oh, oh my God. We'll put Let this me up see on this. Oh, yeah. Let, let's see. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is great. Yes, yes. That is so cool. And we'll they take, they take, they split <laughs> us it looks up like in something um, from Star Trek. Totally. Take us in different directions. So they have her on the table. Yeah, she got to film a scene where she's in a ship being walked around by alien greys. That oh was cool. God. Those guys were cool because it was like head to toe. And they had and those the costumes alien. were pretty good. Those costumes were great. They were good. Um, and then she was on the table, like, you know, kind of in pain. Yeah, getting all that done. Yeah, because she's in the hypnosis. Uh, and then right. it's going back to her when she was a kid. But I remember when I was little being, like, really jealous that I wasn't, like, getting the of course. implantation. Because I was like, oh, that looks so cool. That yeah. Is, you just yeah. got walked into another room. We didn't see what happened to you. I know. I can't believe I've never seen that one. Yeah. Oh, it's... Um, but my very first, my very, very first, like, wow. real job. I mean, those are legit guys. Like Bud Hopkins is like the 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 godfather oh, yeah. of alien abduction research. I oh, mean, and John Mack, he was a Harvard psychiatrist who, who um, these who are studied. like in the lineage of J. Allen Hynek, who we just mentioned. So these aren't just like you know low level players. John Mack was a you know studied over two hundred cases of alien abduction, and he was a skeptic at first, and then ended up ended up coming out going. There's a phenomenon really taking place here. I'm not sure what it is, but I know something is happening. So these these guys are obviously if they were doing a story on, you know, Bud Hopkins research, it was it was a pretty phenomenal case, I'm sure. That's incredible. That, I wonder if that's a story. Is the book uh like would that hold up now? Like if you wanted yes. to develop that into Well, the book we're um actually going to get into this in a little Cause bit. Because I was later. like, wait, guys. Wow. <laughs> uh a little tease for what's coming up oh, in the yeah, second totally. half of the show. Okay. Um, but the the series, the mini series is very loosely based on the actual account. Like Okay, I that was my question, borrow, I guess. Because I, I haven't they, seen I it. I think in... they borrow just a thin thread of it and some of the things that happened to Debbie Cobble. Yeah. And then they threw in some other like stuff from other accounts. You know what I mean? So it's all sort of based on even the credits say like based in part yeah. on the book. Oh, I wonder Bud why Hopkins. they didn't like mm. really go for it. I don't know. I think they I think they were trying to do something more grand in scope. There's even the scene in like uh, in this where like Ben Vereen finds a crashed UFO uh, with alien bodies in it. And like, <laughs> I don't think, I think that's like, must be roughly based on mm. Roswell. It's not even based on the stuff that happened. And it's set in Nebraska instead of Indiana where the events actually took place. They changed everybody's so kind of cherry picked. So I think they kind of cherry picked a bunch of stuff from alien abduction lore, but it really got me thinking watching it. Um, Oh, real quick though. Yeah. Did that alien shit scare you as a kid? I like, was going to ask that. Yeah. Did you like, did those costumes bother you at all? I don't think so. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think I was okay. You're fine. You're I've, healthy. I've had like, I am pretty healthy. I have insane dreams and I have since I was a kid. My like dad's what? the same. I mean, I wish I could come every night. I mean, if I woke up and wrote down my dreams. Right. Why don't you? Um, I used to. I, I should more. But sometimes I'll wake it up and if I'm still thinking about it, like I make a conscious effort to do that and I'm not 
you know, going straight to my kitchen, downing a cup of coffee. Um, I might get on the phone with my girlfriend, right, and be like, oh my gosh. You know, some people have very vivid dreams. I always have. Wow. Are they prophetic? Like, do you, oh yeah. And I can like get up and go to the bathroom and return to the dream and be like, I got to get back in this dream and I'll go back in it. You'd be an excellent lucid dreamer. Have you ever been lucid in one of your dreams? Yes. That's, yeah. So if I really, like took the time and wrote these things down. I bet you it could even I could even get yes closer to lucid more often. Because one of the first things that uh, they teach you in lucid dreaming is is the first thing you have to do is to be able to recall your dreams. Because what's the point of being lucid is if when you wake up you forget everything that happened. Yeah. So if you're if you remember your dreams, oh, well, yeah. you're like a prime. Yeah. Can- Especially if you're able to like go and then come back to the dream. That's like oh, yeah. that's like one of the techniques as well. You're you're like a prime candidate. And I don't even do do it with that much effort. I just think that <sighs> that'd be great. I've just been d- dreaming like that for so long. My dad's the same way, and his mom. I used to call my grandmother, who's now passed, and get on the phone, and she was so good at analyzing dreams. And my it's dad's pretty good at too. Oh my god, you should. And you should um, buy a book and then my mom remembers all her dreams too. And I think that's the Native American Indian side. I think that. That's on my mom's side. Oh, and then really? my dad's side, I don't know what it is, but yeah. his mom and me. So we're all like wow. able to, because some people don't even dream that much, no, which is I know. wild to me. What is it? What, did, you, did you ever have nightmares as a kid? No, see, never night terrors. See, oh boy, I had all that shit. Yeah. I, I, of course I have nightmares. I mean, but my dreams are like, I can feel pain. Like I'll get stabbed and feel it. The running thing. And they'll be like these epic long dreams. And I can feel everything. I feel like I see every. It's just wild. I was just reading today that if, let's say, in a dream, you were to work out, let's say, do bench press. You're lucid. Mm-hmm. And you decide to do lucid dreaming bench presses. Mm-hmm. It will have just as much effect, if not possibly more, <laughs> what? than actually physically working out. Because it's connected to 80% <laughs> of your neural pathways. And so it, it actually taps into uh, your subconscious mind, I, I which mean, is just as powerful yeah. as your right. conscious mind i'm only laughing at your enthusiasm <laughs> on this i mean i believe it it's just so charming i mean sure i mean if that's what i need to do that's what you i'm just going got to about do. 20 Dude, people you can get buff in your dreams really bro. excited Sweet saying, all right <laughs> let's get on this this, yeah. is, like, a new yeah. this is a new la <laughs> well, fad. i'm excited for you because i mean if you were to pick up a, a book on lucid dreaming you would be able to find some fascinating case study and what people are able to do within their lucid dreams yeah Stuff i haven't like, even like done any of oh that why so don't I, you do I wonder it? well maybe you guys will get me okay you're like a picasso that refuses yeah. to paint you're able to like heal. You're able to like get advice for yourself. Oh, you're yeah. able to like talk to like. Do you like, have spirit guides in masters? your dreams? Well, that's why I've always wanted to work with what's her name, Sandra Seacat, because she does all that dream work stuff. I, don't know I did Sandra it Seacat. years ago. There was this woman named Rocky Parker. Is old school and she's unfortunately mm. not here anymore. But I had done a bit of dream work and you basically, you know, write down the thing and go to go to sleep and you ask your character. Oh, I know about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I haven't I, done it in forever. A but friend for of someone mine like me, works with her who's a very successful actress. Yeah. I don't want to say her name because I don't know if she's I think there's a ton of people that work but with her. She's but she's very successful and she works with this woman and she swears by it. Yeah, it might I think it'd be beneficial to someone like me because I can so easily tap into that. So side. wait, what is it just because I know people are listening at home they don't really know anything about I it. I forget what it is, but there's a question, you know, it's an, an acting teacher that makes you go to your dreams to help build your character? Yeah, exactly. That's wild. Help, that, that's all I know. Get okay. into your subconscious and you ask there's a there's actually a certain question you're I can't what was it? Um 
I can't remember. I remember I worked with Melanie Griffith and she she did that. And she goes, oh, yeah, this is what you ask. And this is the certain question. I have it written is down. It like on my an mo-pack. item. Like, they ask you to bring an item or something. Mm, it's strange. The character to bring you an item in your dream I think or there's something. a few things you can do. And then hopefully somehow it might, you know, come up. Well, what? Sorry. No, that's it. Um, what? What do? What does this m- mean for you? How does this affect your life? This dreaming stuff, or does you know what I mean? Like, what do you? What's the takeaway? Is it connected? For, do you think you? it's connected to a higher realm? Do you think there's more to huh. the dream world than just like being asleep and your neurapses f- f- firing off? That's an interesting question. I I don't know, but I find it fascinating. I'd be really bummed out if I didn't have dreams the way that I, that I do. But I also just thought I was always a, quite an intuitive person and that was part of it. Mm. And so that's why I was able, easily able to like tap into, I don't know. I should do more research on yeah. this and more work on I it. I think you should. I've been told a million times, going back to therapy, I actually yeah. had a therapist who is also great at analyzing dreams. Yeah. And that was really fun to do. And he was someone that told me, you need to do more dream work because there's a lot of stuff that your dreams oh, that's tell you. Yeah. yeah, I think you should because that would be rad. Yeah, I think you should because that's you. I mean, you're so passionate about it, so alive for you. Like, yeah. why not? Like, here you come. See, you thought you were a boring guest. You're like a fucking wizard dreamer. Wizard you dreamer. Should, wizard dreamer. <laughs> Breathe yeah. a wizard like, dreamer. <laughs> that's your gift. I like it. Yeah. Who cares if you can't see UFOs? You're going into alternate dimensions and working through shit. Yeah. Getting stabbed and surviving it. Isn't it? What do you guys think that's about? Like I don't the know. dreaming. Like what? Because since you guys are so involved in I this think world, and of, I'm, I'm, I have like zero information. I mean, on I'm, it. do you I, think that it's connected in some I, way? Could be. I, do. I think that I'm, I'm really. I mean, I've had loved ones who have passed visit me in dreams. I think dreams can be gateways to other dimensions. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And I think that there's something to like the Jungian collective unconsciousness where there's a lot of dream symbolism yes, there for everyone to draw upon. And yeah. I think if we can look more towards that stuff, um, it might help guide us in our waking life for sure. Well, I definitely think that because I'll right. wake up and if I have an epic dream, I'll be like, okay, this person keeps revisiting my dream. It's not about him, but he's representing this thing that I'm not able to let go of. And I can sort of self-analyze a little bit and I'll be like, oh, this is the thing. This is what's happening. Yeah. And so it is, it's it's helping. I don't think our scientists are even have a, have a clue as to what dreams are really about. You know, is it, I think it's in the Hindu religion, right? Their belief is that this entire world is constructed through the dream of Brahman, right? Like he was, yeah. um, which means, and I've, I've had like, I've had a feeling or like, I know that sounds so stupid, but like, um, I remember having this kind of profound feeling that the actual waking world is more of the dream than the actual dream world. In other words, Mm. like, you know, that this actual whole paradigm is really just a dream. You know what I mean? Interesting. um, I know that sounds so No, 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 I get get what you're saying though. But I, I guess what that means is that that there is just as much reality within the dream world as there is reality in me touching this coffee cup, you know. But I also feel like when we're sleeping, we're we're able to just just the same idea is that drugs can open that part of your brain. I yeah. think when you're dreaming, we're opening up parts that we don't use necessarily. For sure, definitely. And that's what I find fascinating too. I've woken up a couple. I have a couple weird things with a couple friends. Uh, I won't talk to her for a really long time. And I've woken up and had a dream and had a weird feeling about her and called her and been like, is everything okay? And sure mm. enough, I'm calling at the right time. Something's going on and it's her and I, and we just have this weird connection. Yeah, that's And that prophetic. comes, yeah. So that when you asked me earlier, that kind of stuff, yes, I can't, you know, it's not like a dream stuff. And then all of a sudden 
Right. It happens. But like stuff like that with, I don't know, being connected with someone in my world. That's, yeah. I've had that for sure. I think you should look into it. I okay, really guys. Do. You might have a superpower. All right. It's almost time for a break. But before we go, we have a new game we're doing this summer. Oh, yeah. I love this. It's a rapid oh. fire question. Oh, oh. Hold oh. on. There's no right or wrong answer. I'm really answer. bad at these. There's no, no right or wrong answer. Do you give me choices, though? You have a choice between two words. Okay. <laughs> Bullshit or believe it? <laughs> oh, okay. See, I like that. Yeah. I don't like it when it's like, yeah. what's your favorite color? And I'm like, qu- no. Ah. no, 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 no. Bullshit or believe it? I can't it. do it. Yeah. And you, you too say, much you got to say, the rules are, you can only say one or another. You're, you can intonate whatever you want, the, the word, and we can come back and revisit some of them if we want to. Just let your gut guide you. I, All right? I'm going to let my dream self and my gut enter right. a dream state I know. Dream I'm gonna also, enter my, I'm gonna lucid this right now yeah dream wizard Bree also Riley we, we need some kind of little chime or theme for oh. this so let's uh, consider it done let's done. note it Beautiful. and then we'll make it here we go ready right. dream wizard Bree Blair it's your time to play <sighs> bullshit or believe it okay here we go ghosts believe it alien greys believe it angels Believe it. Gnomes. Why not believe it? JFK assassination conspiracy. Believe it. Yeti. Believe it. Fairies. Believe it. Unicorns. Believe it. Loch Ness Monster. Bullshit. UFOs. Believe it. Parallel universes. Believe it. Reptilians disguising themselves as humans. Bullshit. Mermaids. I want to believe it. Heaven. Believe it. Hell. Bullshit. <laughs> Dragons. <laughs> want to believe it real bad. Elves. <laughs> Elves. Yeah, they came to visit me when I was a child. Believe it. Hold <laughs> oh, fucking phone. Keep going. God, keep it. going. We always find it. God damn it. ESP. Oh, ESP. Uh, uh, believe it, yeah. God damn it, get through this fast. It's Chupacabra. Just, this is really stressful. Chupacabra. D- bullshit. Demons. Bullshit. Atlantis. I don't know. Uh, believe it. Life on other planets. Definitely believe it. World peace. I'm a big believer. We are, we are right on the same All right. page. We are? Yeah. Ah, yes. This was like his, we did this last week with the guys. And, I'm, uh, a big, I'm a big believer. She apparently. was like, Merman. I was like, yes. <laughs> Can we talk about the fact you're hiding the fact that elves came to visit you when you were a child? Well, I believe. Yeah. Kind of buried the lead there. I believe. Wow. Jesus Christ. We, this this is happens all every thanks, time. This is all thanks to my parents. Mm. I will continue this tradition. I will just believe that these Okay, guys, what happened? Um, that's the thing. I don't know. I just believe that it did. So basically, it was a ploy, though, to make sure that we were on good behavior during Christmas. And my mom hung these bells, and they were called elves' bells. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. This is pre-elf on the shelf. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my younger brother and I just fought like cats and dogs for a period of time. We're only a couple years apart. And so that was also a ploy to um, just keep the peace. And uh, so they'd give us, like, 
little presents before Christmas. So they'd ring the bells and we'd freak out and we'd be like, the elves are here, the elves are here. And there'd be a tiny little present at our door and it would just basically keep us on good behavior so my parents didn't have to deal with us. I'm aware of this. My wife does this. She calls it lies, bribes, and fairies. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. And it's used to keep the peace or like to create a great title for a parent. I obviously know this now, but I was a big big believer for a long time. Okay. So I just felt like I had to say. Well, maybe they did. That's awesome. All right. All Santa right. Santa Claus is an elf. We're going to take a yeah, yeah. big fat elf. We're going to take a, uh, a break. And okay. when we come back, it's time for our tale of high strangeness. Woohoo! Hey everyone, this is Riley. I wanted to let you know we've launched our Patreon page. It's a place where listeners can help support the show and gain access to exclusive bonus content. For $5 a month, our Patreon members get special episodes like our Campfire Stories, Movie Club, and Out There episodes where we explore our own little place in the cosmos. We also post behind-the-scenes conversations that happen during the breaks and all sorts of other bonuses. We put a lot of love into these episodes, and we make a lot of them. They're a deeper level of the show where we expand on ideas and concepts from our main feed. Our weekly show will, of course, always remain free, but for $5 a month, our Patreon members will gain full access to the inner sanctum of the BCC. We hope you'll join us there. That's patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club. And thanks for listening. Okay, guys, we're back, and it's time for High Strangeness. Whoa. Now, uh, I hinted at it earlier. If you didn't see it coming, and people at home, you already know what it is because it's right there on the episode title. This week, we are doing, because Bree is our guest, the story that inspired the Intruders miniseries and the book Intruders, The Incredible Visitations of Copley Woods by Bud Hopkins, with the story of the Copley Woods encounters wow i'm totally unfamiliar i can't wait dude this is a uh this one checks all your boxes when it comes to alien stuff this is right in line with everything we talked about with johnny mac and the alien well not so much alien implants but we'll get into it so um this is a really fascinating story and what's cool about it uh unlike a lot of the things that we've researched on this podcast is that the main figure at the center of this deborah jordan cobble um she is alive and well, and there are so many resources you can go to and just listen to her on other podcasts or a blog that she's done, write about and talk about this experience firsthand. Oh, wow. So you're, she's going to be a guest on your podcast. Well, I'd love to talk to her, actually. I mean, she's pretty she's pretty great. And judging from some of the other podcasts she's done, I think we could get her. We focus um, on TV and film personalities. No, I'm teasing. But I, but it is, and obviously, like, I appreciate those podcasts, too, because I listen to them for research. But um, so this is a really great story. This is interesting. So Debbie, uh, or Deb Cobble, she was known as Kathy Davis in, in Bud Hopkins' book. And so this was a story that took place in, this, the center of all of this happens on the night of June 30th in, on ni- in ni- 1983. Mm. So uh, not, you know, we're, we're, we're just past the anniversary of it. Um, and it's a fascinating story because... Uh, as she talks about it, that she's had a history of paranormal 
history in her family. Um, when she was growing up, she talks about how um, she remembers, she has memories of her neighbors going up on their roofs at night to watch UFOs and flying saucers oh, in wow. the sky. And she talks about how, so she always grew up with this sort of um, like acceptance to the unknown in her life. Um, but at the same time, she's this like super down to earth, Midwestern, salt of the earth woman. Like, um, she kind of reminds me listening to her talk. She kind of reminds me of like, uh, Jackie on Roseanne. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. She's kind of got that kind of sense of humor and quality about her. And, um, so growing up, she says that her uh, family had some strange activity. Um, she remembers when she was a child, she took a trip to Michigan. And I think this is uh, where maybe some of this stuff in Intruders comes from, your scene in particular. She was out um, with her sister in Michigan uh, visiting family, and I guess she disappeared for a couple hours. Oh, shit. And her sister could not find her. And she has a memory of playing with a strange little boy mm. in a strange house. And she remembers that the boy had shiny black eyes. Ooh. And mm. that the mother of the boy came into the room they were playing in and saying she couldn't be there. Weird. And the next thing she remembers is walking down a, like paved pathway and finding her sister who had been looking for her and apparently the family had like called the police she was missing for a few hours because that's what you do and missing time yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and that actually that reminds me of the story that we did on the patreon of jacob um, jacobson. Jacob jacobson of going getting lost in the woods finding this is from like the 1700s in uh, sweden i think i was gonna say right before you said it had a very fairy like going into a the... strange house seeing weird little people there and being lost for three or four days and then before being uh, kicked out of the house mm -hmm. and then returning home to find out that um, he'd been gone for a long time. This was like written down in an old uh, church book in the 1700s. Um, but it's a fairy-like lore following very much abduction type scenario. Yeah. yeah. So so she had that happen to her and she's kind of like like my sort of like night terror stuff. So she's like, oh yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't really think about it that much, but I do remember that. That was kind of weird. Um, and then she had an experience where I guess she was a teenager and, um, she was engaged to be married to her boyfriend and she got pregnant and she said that, um, they were just moving up the wedding day. She was like 17 and she was, uh, went with a girlfriend to Planned Parenthood cause her girlfriend was going to get, um, get her like birth control or whatever and she said that um she felt she had a weird dream where she lost the baby and sorry this is this is like a pretty dramatic part of the story so this might be a little triggering for some people but she had a dream where she lost a baby mm -hmm. and she went she had a weird feeling and her friend went well i'm going to Planned parenthood let's just go and you can take a pregnancy test while you're there and she did and i think she had been a few months along at least and um, the test came back negative, and she went home and concerned. And her mother took her to the doctor, and the mother or the doctor did, um, and you know checked her out. And he was like, "You're not. Not only are you you're not pregnant. You're not you're not showing any signs of pregnancy." And so the mother had asked, "Should we have a DNC? To, that's what's called correct when we have a miscarriage, and they kind of they they 
clean out what what's um, there after a miscarriage. And the doctor said, you don't even need one of those. What? So there's this weird thing where she claims she was pregnant, and then she just was Wasn't not pregnant at all weird. after that and did not even show signs of miscarriage. That's weird. So, um, and she had dreams occasionally of meeting a little girl who uh, had bright blue eyes and she knew was like her child and there were all these other strange beings around her. These were all in dreams though, what she thought were dreams, just like the hybrid child from Intruders. So anyway, um, jump ahead a little bit. Um, When they're older, her sister used to drive um, her mother to... Uh, bingo nights at her church, and her sister had a close encounter. Her sister um, saw, dropped her mom off and saw a UFO hovering over the church. And then she, her sister experienced missing time. And the next thing she remembers, it's dark out, and it's time to pick up her mother from bingo. So she has about two or three hours that she can't count recall. <laughs> yeah, can't account for. And and and, and Deb uh, Cobble says that they, you know, all these sort of things happen, but they didn't really put all the dots together. And they said we would tease our sister about it just because it bothered her. But you know, we all believed her, but it was just sort of this little matter of fact thing. Now, jump ahead to. Uh, that night, June 30th, 1983, Deb is recently divorced, and she's staying with her mother with her two young boys, her two little boys. So this is um, this was the man that she had married after that first pregnancy, and then she went on to have two kids with him, and they're divorced now. And the boys, I think, are like, you know, three, four years old, that age. And she had been staying with her mother's house in in an area on the east side of Indianapolis. And the book calls it Copley Woods, but I think it has an actual different the subdivision where the area has an actual name that they covered up for um, to help protect the family. And she's they're cleaning up for dinner and um, she's washing the dishes and she looks out into the backyard and she sees all the weird light on in the pool house. Now, she said the yard, the yard must be a pretty big subdivision. What it sounds like it's a triple level house that's built into a hillside. Right. So the when you're on the kitchen, you are looking out in the backyard from a second story patio. Right, and then there's a downstairs. You can walk down the patio to, to get to the ground floor. There's a pool out there. There's a pump house, a <clears> pool <throat> house, and there's a, a garage that's attached to the house. And then also there is a turnaround. The driveway splits into two, and there's a driveway that can take you to a turnaround in the in the backyard. So I'm imagining. I grew up in a subdivision in Kansas where our lots were about an acre or two big. So I think this is probably a larger lot with a big lawn in the backyard, room for a pool, pool house, all that stuff. So she goes, well, that's weird because she had just, uh, it was her job to take care of the pool and she'd locked everything up already. And so she went, why is is there a light on the pool house? So she was about ready to go over to a friend's house that lived a block over and she was cutting patterns with her friend, and that was she was making a little money on the side cutting patterns. So she was supposed to go over to cut patterns, and she went, "Well, I'm about to leave, so I'm going to go check it as I as I head out." So she gets in the car, Bad and she idea. goes down the turnaround, <laughs> and she by the time she's in the car, and she said, "Well, the light is off, the pool house is closed up." 
she did notice on her way out that the garage door, the pedestrian garage door that's attached to the house was open. And she says, I don't know why I didn't stop then and there and investigate, but I just kind of kept going. And when she got over to her friend's house, she told her friend and her friend's husband that she was spooked. She called her mother and she went, you know what? Um, just make sure the boys are... And the mom was like, it's fine, it's fine, we got it. Your dad will be home soon. Her father was working at the uh, auto plant, second shift, so he, was, he, was, he wasn't going to be back till about 11 o'clock at night. She's like, your father will be home soon, don't worry about it. If there's a problem, I'll call you. So she hangs up the phone and she says, almost instantaneously, the phone rings again. She picks up and it's her mother and her mother sounds suddenly re- very spooked out. Oh, I just got and chills. And she says, I need you to come home right now. Uh. And her girlfriend's husband went, hey, uh, tell her to call the sheriff. That's what we pay them for. And her mom said, "Thanks, Dick." Yeah, her mom said. Also, well, why did he go over there drinking but, um, a beer? Call cops. Yeah, shit. call cops. Shit, man, that's I'm what paying their bill. Damn cops. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 she and the mom goes, "Nope, I don't want any. I don't want any police. Just you come over right now." Hmm. So she goes, "Okay." And um, she comes home, and her mom's like creeped out, and she goes to. She meets her in the. She, they call it the Florida room. It's this built-on patio, the screened-in patio that looks over the backyard. And she, uh, Deb goes and gets her her father's shotgun. And her mom says, well, that's not loaded. And she goes, yeah, but they don't know that. I'll beat them to hell. <laughs> I can beat the hell, you know. I'll beat the shit out of them with this or whatever she said. And she said it was funny because she's not a, a particularly brave or outgoing person, especially at that time in her life. She says now she is more so. But there was something that kind of came over her that kind of gave her a little. Yeah, it's called Mama Bear. Yeah. So she goes out. And she goes to check the pool house, doesn't see anything, goes into the garage, finds the family dog, who I guess had been in heat, and they'd been keeping her in the garage, cowering under the truck, her father's old truck. And there's no she, she there's a old mattress leaned up against the wall, and she went, Well, if anybody's hiding, it's behind this mattress. And she says she starts like taunting whoever's there like you better come out you son of a bitch i know you're hiding in there or whatever she yeah. was saying she said she was cursing at him and she checks behind the mattress and there's nothing and she turns to walk out of the garage when suddenly she says she is hit in the solar mm. plexus with the worst like most electrifying burning pain she's ever experienced in her life and it traveled spread out through her whole body. She said every molecule in her body was on fire. Chakra weaponry. And the first, yeah. <laughs> the first thing she thought was, this must be what it's like to be struck by lightning. Wow. And then she thought, I'm going to die. That was her next thought. I'm dead. I'm dying. And she said a bright white light filled her eyes. And she said her eyes were, must have been closed looking back on it. But it was so bright, the whiteness was coming through her eyelids. Mm. And um, she she um, feels this, um, this hot blinding pain going through her body. And um, suddenly the light and the pain subsides. And she's just outside the, the garage door. And she can... She says her eyes are filled with spots like after a bright flash Mm -hmm. has been taken, a picture's been taken, and she's dizzy, disoriented. She feels a hand on her shoulder, 
And a voice telepathically, she says, it's gender neutral. A voice said to her, I'm sorry that you have to feel the pain. Mm. And then she felt what she described as a white hot needle going into her ear. Ooh, is this the implantation stuff? Well, you're talking we don't, about? we don't, we you don't know. know so we don't but... know. So she said at that point she was aware of a couple of things. So that 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 needle goes out. She's she her vision is blurry, flashy, and she can see a glowing orb the size of a basketball floating about. Uh, she said, I think like eight or nine feet in front of her at her height. And the orb, she said, was looking at her. And it went up and down her body as if to examine her. Mm. And she was suddenly aware of two other things. One, off to her left, she said, was an egg-shaped craft that was about eight to 10 feet in diameter and eight to 10 feet tall, hovering off the ground. She wasn't sure if it was touching the ground because there were wavy, like those heat waves coming off of the ground between the egg craft, the egg-shaped craft in this. And then she said she could see um, what she described were the six children, childlike beings that were in the backyard with her. God. That is wild. Yep. And she said the egg-shaped craft, she was so, she said, I was scared. I didn't want to look at it, but I had to look at it because I was afraid of what it was going to do to me. And she also said, looking back on it, it was so small, she wasn't even sure it was a craft because she didn't know how all six of these entities would fit in that one little pod. pod. Yeah. So the next thing she's aware of, she hears her mother calling her name and she snaps to it. And her mom is calling her from that second-story patio. And she says from the time it took her to walk back from that spot outside the garage to her mother, she forgot about what had just happened. Mm -hmm. And she got up to her mother and was disoriented. And her mother said, did you find anything? Her mother didn't see anything, apparently. And she said, ah, it's all cool. And she said she felt creeped out and she felt like She does remember feeling like, I need to get wet. I need to wash my body. So she calls her friend that she was supposed to be doing the patterns with, and she said, you know what? I don't feel like doing this. Why don't you come over, bring your daughter, and we'll go swimming? Because they had a pool, and it was still – it was hot out. It was almost the 4th of July. So her friend brings her daughter over, and as they are walking from the back – you know, from the house across the backyard to the pool, they said that her daughter's – both feet went numb as she walked over a patch of grass. What? And her legs went numb, and they got in the pool, and within 30 minutes, they were all feeling nauseous and sick. So they called it a night, and Deb wakes up the next morning, and her eyes are red and swollen shut. And now at the time, she does not remember the white light. She doesn't remember the orb. Her mother doesn't recall anything strange happening. They take her to the emergency. Hence, hence inviting somebody else over, right? Yeah, she, yeah, I yeah. Because that sounded strange. She yeah. lost these- Take a shower, bitch. You know, like, <laughs> well, oh. So right. she, um, they go to the ER. The ER sends her across the street to an eye, or brings in an eye specialist, and they go to his office across the street. And he looks at her eyes, and he, the first thing he asks her is if she is sto- if she had looked directly into the arc of a uh, a, a welder's torch, arc what? of the covenant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a very strange well, thing to because he was seeing specific thing to like ask. he could tell that damage. Some, there was some bright white light damage that had happened. She said no. He said, have you been staring into the sun? She said, no. And he went, 
Well, I'll tell you what, this is, uh, I've never seen anything quite like this. I'm going to prescribe it as severe conjunctivitis. He mm. gave her drops and creams. She said it took weeks, if not months, for the pain and all the swelling to go down. She oh, wow. said ever since then, she's had cataracts and vision problems. Wow. Severely farsighted. Um, and the dog, Sidebar, also developed severe cataracts and, <sighs> and within two months died and the vet said it had developed some type of rapid cancer of some kind. What? Radiation Whoa. or something, huh? So wow. um, she went about her business and feeling weird, feeling disoriented, not recalling all this stuff. And about a week later, it was the 4th of July, and people were over. And some of the kids, her sons and some of the other kids in the family, came running into the house. And they went, hey, there's this weird mark on your lawn. And they go out in the backyard, and near where she now recalls the egg craft being, there was a patch of grass Burn that had debris. been burnt, and a like long arc coming off of it with oh. a tail. And she said as soon as she saw that, all the memories came flooding back. Wow. She oh. immediately remembered it. Oh, oh, but right before that, her mom goes, well, that's where the UFO landed. And you're like, wait a second. And she looked at her mom and goes, why the hell would you say that? And then all of a sudden it came back. Wow. And she could see, she said when she looked at the grass, she could see dark black eyes superimposed over it in her mind's eye. Jeez. She started having panic attacks, started developing nightmares. nightmares. Um, she said she couldn't go by that window, the window that overlooked a patch of grass where that, where that burn mark was. <laughs> yeah. She said she, w- she had an irrational fear of being pulled out that window and taken. And, um, she was living with this for, they went, they saw psychologists. She got tested for schizophrenia, for all that stuff. They said, you don't have any of that, but you are showing signs of extreme post-traumatic stress disorder. And this is in 1983. This is before this was a, like a popular term. Right. So she had um, remembered a book that she checked out of the library, but could, but had a hard time reading because it caused her nightmares and panic attacks. Yeah, called "Missing Time" by Bud Hopkins. Oh shit! And she had remembered that in the back of that book there was an address where she could write Bud Hopkins. Yeah, and so she went back to the library, checked that book out, and then wrote him a letter, and basically put she started she'd been kind of putting the pieces together. And she's like, "Well, I don't want to sound like an idiot, so I'm gonna t- I'm gonna write him with about my sister's account of seeing of the missing time and the UFO." And she gave it to her mother. Her mother almost didn't mail it, but she did. And about two months later, Bob Hopkins, Bob Bud Hopkins wrote her back or called her, I think. And she sold her washer and dryer to buy a bus ticket to New York City from Indiana. She felt crazy doing all this stuff. Sure. But she went and met with Bud, and they started a three-year investigative process. Oh, wow. Where he started writing the book, Intruders. And in that, she started to connect all of the dots, the uh, missing time from her sister, the thing that happened to her when she was a kid, the pregnancy thing. Wow. Um, and she, she never regained... The missing time from the backyard. But she started to go, some of those things that she thought were dreams didn't feel like dreams anymore. Right. And in particular, um, the the missing pregnancy and the alien hybrid child, she kept having dreams of this little girl with these big, giant blue eyes that she felt was her daughter. 
Wow. That it was an alien-human hybrid. And she says one night years later, years after, a few years after the 1983 encounter uh, in the back of the house, she said she was sitting out on her, this is a different location, she had her own house now, and she was sitting out on the back patio and there was like a, I think it was an apartment, there was like a slatted, you know, enclosed patio. And she said she was sitting out there at night and she looked through the slats and she could see a little girl with giant blue eyes staring at her through the slats. And she went outside and looked around for her and couldn't couldn't find anybody. Because she's transdimensional. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. So, well, I love it. Obviously. Well, this is the thing is she has said, she has said that she thinks that um, they might be aliens, but she says that she has said that. you know, her life has really changed since then. She's been very open-minded. She's been thinking a lot more about this stuff, obviously. She just talks now. And she really thinks that whatever this is uh, might be ultra-terrestrial, that they might be mm. um, from other dimensions. And that, um, yeah, I mean, it's just this... I mean, this story... I mean, this is basically the encounter in Copley Woods. But, God, it's just got... It is just high strangeness It's got 101. everything. It's got everything in it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's, uh, God. that's, uh, Deb, uh, crazy. Co- yeah. Oh, that's wow. her story. I want to dig in. I want wizard dreamer to tell us what the hell. No shit. So when we come back, that? we're going to ask Bree, what the <laughs> hell is that? I want to know about, I mean, you can ask me, um, uh, is the implantation thing. What is that all? What do people believe that that is for? We'll get into well, it yeah, right after this break. That, oh yeah. shit. We've done it all here on the BCC. And we're back. It's time for what the hell is that? What the hell was that? So right before break, you're asking us about implantation. Alien implants. Now, she didn't have yeah. any alien implants that we know about. But no, but you were talking about the needle in the ear, and then I was just thinking about the moment in Intruders where they yeah. the aliens are implanting it. But yeah. what and for what? This I don't. I need you to well educate so, me. First of all, <laughs> the, these aren't like individual themes. These are common occurrences and abduction phenomena. The alien hybrid children. The um. You know the uh, the surgical implantation, all that stuff. We did an episode on a guy named Dr. Roger Lear, who was a foot podiatrist out of Thousand Oaks, um, as opposed to an ear podiatrist. Right, 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 right. Same. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. Uh, but there's a film out on iTunes now. Uh, it's called Patient Seventeen. Patient Seventeen being the last surgery surgery he did on extracting. Uh, what he thought and uh, under the microscope what looked like an alien implant. Um, now, Patient 17 was a guy who had wanted, he was a religious guy, wanted nothing to do with ufology or something like this, but for some reason, somehow, you know, like this, had some spotted memories of, you know, being taken, missing time until, you know, and then there's this thing, you know, on his leg um, that he's like, I just have a feeling that there's something here. And then he gets it x-rayed. I think that... And they find an anomalous object. Anyway, long story short, um, this guy, Dr. Roger Lear, took out, you know, had 17 patients where he took out um, objects, actual physical objects, which under the microscope and, and under lab testing... Uh, held anomalous isotopic properties. It you could know? be tracking devices. They might be stuff that's in there to um, interact to with human physiology. I know, people it's weird. with something, whether it I know. is that or not, is 
pretty bizarre. Yeah, it's super bizarre. So what do you think about this case, though? What do you think about um, old Deborah here? God, that was do first, you think- that was fascinating, by the way. I got chills a couple of times. I When you were describing that backyard, it's like I, I was almost there, man. Yeah. It's like that was creepy as And F. the egg, I, I don't hear, because, again, I'm so outside this world that just made me think of Arrival. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, yeah. But, but I hadn't really... I didn't know too much about those egg-shaped. I forgot about one element. When you think of a too, UFO, you're thinking of the typical. They come in all shapes and right. sizes. There was another thing about that story that I forgot about. She said um, a couple things. Two two follow-ups with this. Mm. Um, that it was weeks later after that night that her mom and her were hanging out. And her mom went, "Oh, I forgot to tell you. I remembered why I called you back that night to come back to the house. Uh-huh. I suddenly remembered today." And she said, well, what was it? She said, I saw a, a glowing light floating around the backyard. Yeah. And I thought it was somebody with a flashlight out by the bird feeder, and I saw it go out, and that scared me, so I called you right back. Yeah, that's wow. what I was wondering. That was a question so, I was going to ask. But her mom had forgotten about it. And then um, the other thing that she said, 25 years later, mm. Bub Hawk, Bud Hopkins was contacted by one of their neighbors that was like on the other side of the woods. Verification. And the neighbors, I guess, had come across the book, read it, and the mother, I think, of that family said, I can't tell you exactly what night this was, but I think it was around this time. Yeah. Uh, My boys came in saying that they saw hundreds of orbs floating around the woods. Of of all these strange lights floating around, hundreds of them wow. floating around the woods. So, so Weird. that and she was like, that was like twenty five years after the book came out. <sighs> wow. So, what do you think, Bree? I mean, what's your gut telling you happened to this lady? I I don't know. I guess because my question is, this was what launched your career, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> You can thank those aliens and their lucky stars. This is literally why I'm here sitting with you guys today. It has come full, cir- it is come is, full it circle. It has come full circle. That is wild. So maybe now I'm going to like encounter oh. some shit. And yeah. she said that grass, that patch of grass, it didn't grow back. She they said never do. That okay, she so said but is there that, documentation the snow, of this? Yeah, there's photos. I've got them. Okay. There's, there is snow. She said the snow would melt on it. Mm. That Bud Hopkins took the dirt and they did sample, they did tests on it and they couldn't come back with anything conclusive. But she said like it would take all the moisture out of it. It's anomalous. They would put they would put the dirt in um, little vials of water, and the water would be gone, and the dirt would be dry. Wow. It like it wouldn't be muddy. She said compared to other samples in the lawn, yeah. it would create mud. This would just like suck all the moisture out. Strange. First of all, I feel really bad for her dog. I know that yeah. sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like super that. sucks. Yeah, um, but my my question is, is: I felt sorry that the dog was living in the garage for a little while. Too, yeah, right so. when you said that, like they've just been keeping him in the I garage. It was in like, the heat, no less. You've only got what an get acre your dog spayed, people. Yeah, get them neutered and spayed. Yes, please do. Um, but my question is, when people have these encounters, oh my god, I what? just came across a uh, picture of young Bree. Oh. I thought it was gonna. I was Wait. like, "Oh, like, that this was is a, it. conclusive evidence." That was not. Uh, no, here she is in blue. I thought it was oh, gonna. Oh wow! She Look at that. That's a great and, image. And here's the clip what is that? right here. That. That's from. Look, there she is. Oh, the music is trippy That's too. You. Oh yeah, there we go. God. In the blue, it's hazy. Got the '90s nostalgia oh. glow to it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yep. So what do you think? Do you think these are aliens? Do you think these are? Do you think she's hallucinating? Is this a stroke? I mean, I mean she didn't show any weird, signs of this stuff. Yeah, and it is weird that like 
because your memory can do fucked up things. Like there's things sometimes where I look back, like old memories um, that I'm like, did that happen? Or I remember remembering it differently now. Same when you watch true crime stuff and these people go into their confessions, that same idea. So are they having a memory and it's playing on it? Like that's where I get really confused. And then also if, and and I do believe in this stuff, however... It just happens the one time and never happens again. Like, like you've got kind of like several stories. Well, I feel like I mean, if you're someone would, who's it, she would claim that it that the um it did happen several times, and she also says that the house after that experience, she said it, they started having what would be described as typical paranormal activity, uh, oh. electronics going on the fritz. Mm. Wow. They said they used to see orbs in the house. There was one time they saw a green orb that lit up in the family room with a bunch of them there and then suddenly light bulbs exploded. What? Because um, do you think it's more about dude, um, I, the area or the people? Both. I, both. I, I was going to ask. You're on to it. Okay, yeah. Because, she, right, because the whole idea behind, and again, I don't know much about this, but Roswell, I'm, you know, like when you talked about yeah. your Roswell stuff, that's about the area. It's she, not about a specific yeah, person. Like I would, not I would argue, targeting her. I would argue the former. I, 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 oh, really? I'm starting to believe it, it has a lot more to do with the person than the area, the actual. Oh, you do? I do. I just. She I, describes it as being that people are um, like television to old television tubes living in a high definition world where we're basically built to receive and experience just this amount of information in a world that is full of a Mm. huge spectrum um but uh yeah i think that some the ultimate question is like what are they seeking what are they getting why the the big why right so you're saying like how do i feel about this and i'm like i don't know because i don't know what they're trying to you know what's interesting for me is like and and then you're connecting it here again is when you're starting to to connect these these type of uh let's call them alien events but when they're connected to paranormal activity within the households it's happened in the Stan Romanek story it's happened on Skinwalker Ranch I, I, I don't believe the Stan Romanek stuff though I'm but there's sorry. still a lot of case evidence there I know whether it, it, it's I know what you're it's saying it's tough because he faked a lot of that stuff and also he was arrested for not the uh, best case porn, so right. I think we can it's we hard to just toss hear, one out. see like hear reliable. stories yeah. even though they're cool stories and not have that's why I asked you is there documentation or I don't want to disparage your point though Bryce I'm, you are, my point, I just want to anytime we bring up that name on the show this isn't the only case Case where there's like alien activity and then either post or pre there's also some paranormal activity that's mm. taking place what, what what would people relate to the spiritual world or the spirit world mm. or ghosts that's or like why hauntings. she thinks this stuff might be ultra terrestrial from another from other dimensions yeah. not necessarily coming from other planets Got so, it. it does seem to be that whatever they want one of the things that they want at least in the alien abduction mythology yeah, that's what i want to know is that human hybrid child the melding of the alien creature and the human creature to create a new a new, new genome a new, species, a new species one that can exist in perhaps both worlds at the same okay. time okay that's that seems to be and and a lot of like old celtic fairy lore mm. fairies were obsessed with taking human babies and so there's a, a lot, lot of times that, they didn't come back. Whereas today, yeah. in today's phenomenology, they're disappearing and then they get to come back to right. their bed. Well, thank God. but if you so take, many disappeared people you, and children around well, the world. Well, and yeah, if you take, that's true but too. also if you take like if she was pregnant and lost that fetus, 
But you in the beginning of that story, you mentioned like the house, like that's so fairy like when you like the mm-hmm. playing with a kid inside the house and then the. You know, like as if they're inside a spaceship and that's putting on a holographic yeah. type. Or that's her Or con- she slipped into a different con- dimension. Yeah. And you know what also I caught about this story too is it's like, you know, most of these type of like, let's call them autopsy or whatever type of s- surgery type thing happens usually on the spaceship. This seemed to take place on her backyard as if it's like, yeah. okay, guys, put up a table here. We're going to do her here in the in the garage. A little field work. Well, a little field work, yeah. you know? It's and like, her, what the like, Clearly her mother was also involved and forgot some stuff too. It's really funny when you hear this, when you hear one of the frustrating things, but also at the same time sounds, it's frustrating when you're trying to put together stuff like this. Now, I have not gone and read the book. I think we should. But when you nah. listen to Deb <laughs> Cobble talk, job. like, like people will go, well, what, did you ever ask your mom about that? She's like, no. You know, like, she's just like very matter of fact. It's like, well, that sounds like the way families kind of are sometimes where mm-hmm. they don't follow up with yeah. a lot of stuff, but maybe should have in this case. I think it's sort of generational, but her mother died years ago. So yeah, but listen, you can't dismiss the facts are like this woman sold her washer and dryer to go meet a UFO yeah. researcher. Yeah. So this is something that happened in her life that took yeah. precedence over her day to day. Yeah. I mean, so it's tricky. This I'm, is a traumatic incident. To me, you know? this is clearly one of two things. Either she's experiencing contact from uh higher or no question neighboring intelligences or she is or <laughs> I love it she went she's <laughs> she has some sort of brain anomaly that is creating these sensations and phenomenons that has not been diagnosed you know what I mean some neurological issue sure can or that, can that brain neurological disorder leave a, a, a burn debris on a, well, that, can, can it leave trace? Uh, can it can yeah. it leave trace evidence? Can it radiate a dog? Can it can it cause cataracts? Can it radiate? A I dog? mean, you know what I'm saying? Well, it's I like, do know what you're saying. There is, yeah, yeah. There's you. Can, yeah, you, no, when, I know. I, I this is what this is what you know, I always I, get so like. You know, I'm on this podcast. With you. No, I know, but like when people like start to like <laughs> latch on to like one element of the story, this it's was like, my idea. Yeah, no, I know, <laughs> so I know. I know. But I'm I know. just saying, it is a lot of what she experienced was inside her i mean for lack of a better term inside her own head Mm. the voices the light the pain all that Mm -hmm. stuff you know now the grass the dog i mean who knows yeah. You know, I mean, the, the neighbors watching uh, yes. saucer UFO objects next door, the kids seeing stuff yeah. in the. Yeah. I mean, you know, the mother calling her home, hey, there's something out in the yard. Yes. I mean, you know, it. Some, is this like a. Is this like a morphogenic field that's like, bam, something is something paranormal or. Or protoplastic, that's my word now. I just made that one up. <laughs> happens in this like area, or is it like, is it. Is it is it actual beings from let's say yeah. Zeta Reticuli coming in and going? Thing. We need to like regenome our species. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't fucking. I don't know. know. I've definitely been. I've definitely that. been uh, reading t- and researching too much of this shit lately because last night I was sitting on the couch watching TV with my girlfriend. And I turned to her and I was like, "What if we really are just like the product of aliens?" combining their dna with like uh, ancient n- homo sapiens like You're like not the only i was one like what that. if that's what we are and now they're just gonna create the next generation of us what if like we really are just like their garden of eden their pl- like the reason they're not attacking us is because they're 
We're like a fermenting ground we are for being, new species. Sh- why not? You're not the only one to think that, that we are being moved along as a species. We are being guided. She we didn't are have being, a good answer for me, by the way. <laughs> yeah. We are being um, probed, prodded. We are being intervened mm. with as a species to move along. I don't know. I don't could know. use a little more intervention right now, I think. Yeah. How many times yeah. on totally. your show li- do you guys say, yeah. I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> well, How many times? So we many should times. just call yeah, the yeah, show, yeah. I don't fucking know. I don't know. fucking know is really what the title of Well, so many times. And you know, that that get, that gets to be part of the, the frustrating part of it is like, you know, so, so many skeptics and so much of sure. science just wants answers. And, and, and we don't want to be quick to rush to like, well, this is definitely extraterrestrial. Yeah. They are hybridizing our children. Children, yeah, and they're they're making our women carriers. You know, it's like well, this is why you guys it's like have we, the show to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we don't fucking know. You know what I mean? But the more you, the more we've done episodes, <laughs> is the more this becomes all like soup. It's all it, it it's. I'm convinced that somehow, some way, all this stuff is connected. You know, uh, what people would what the spiritual, the paranormal, all of it, all of it, all of it. Which may, which I believe which that says what? I believe I don't know. You know, maybe this whole world is some sort of matrix, ultra reality of for someone else's. Th- who fucking knows? I do have a I do have a question up. for you guys. Oh God! Uh, I was this is the my... longest episode on record yet. Too. It is <laughs> more questions. Oh. Sorry, one more question. No, you're right. Keep it coming. Um, I was at my parents yesterday, and uh, they both got back from Egypt. Yes, they were abducted. And yeah, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Next topic. And my dad was going through his whole slideshow and I don't know how he remembered every fact ever about every single picture. Um and then my brother chimed in so easily because his wife was like, "Oh my god, how, but how? How is that possible?" And they didn't have the tools and they had the no, but still how and how they mm-hmm. do that. And then my brother's like, "Well, you know, the aliens." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then he's like, "Whole other topic. You know that's the theory, right?" And I go, "What? Wait." I said, "You know what? I don't even want to know. I'm doing this podcast tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to ask them." Well, there's a theory that aliens built the pyramids. Sure. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. There's also there's also there's also a theory that the pyramids were built by an advanced civilization that was wiped off, like basically brought down almost to extinction and then had to rebuild itself. So they were using technology that was close to what we have at the time, if not more advanced. You remember you said you believed in ancient Atlantis? Yeah. One theory is that before Atlantis was destroyed, some of their high ancestral priests were able to escape and ended up in the desert in Egypt and, you know had that ancient esoteric knowledge on how to either contact other species or had intervention with other species or had knowledge on how to like move these stones or or, or had mm. mathematical geometrical you know esoteric knowledge and, and you know those those pyramids a lot of the egyptologists believe they were just tombs to in, encapsulate you know king tut and put his gold in a that from what i've read and what i've understand that is not the case these are no. these are like ancient initiate hallways temples you know where where Aren't the, they like perfectly lined up with like serious yeah, yeah, there's there's, there's great evidence that. to to lo- to the to, dog star. Yeah, that's right. The, my da- my dad can walk you through all, all oh, of man. it. It was pretty 
pretty impressive. That's Robert Shock's work, yeah, and yeah. he's no slouch. You know what I mean? So well, this is another episode, another guys. Episode. Yeah. We got to wrap Pyramids this one and up. Aliens. We got to crack Get your that dad on code. Code. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, wow. anyway, uh, Bree, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank so you. Fun. Yeah, that was I such a special guest. Uh, episode. <laughs> I learned yeah. so much. Good. Wow. Um, where can people find you? Should you want to be found on social media or anything? Are you working on anything that's coming out soon? Anything you want to plug? God, no pressure. I do the Instagram. Great. Nice. What is it? Bra bra brie. Bra bra brie. Don't ask what that's from. <laughs> <laughs> we won't. No. Love it for next time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be we'll tag you of course on our Instagram. So go to our yeah. Instagram. You'll find her. I'm on Twitter, but us. I think I have one fuck fo- one, Twitter. Fo- one follower, and I don't really tweet. I, think, I mean, sorry. I know. Don't fuck I mean, I'm I'm personally can't handle it anymore. But a, I like I like the Instagram. Instagram's kind of my, my yeah. jammy jam. Yeah, it's fine. We, we like wherever you follow us. Yeah, sh- yes, that's true. We just like that you guys listen. Follow He's us like here. really ready to go. We got to wrap this up. Well, I got to pee. Um, <laughs> Riley. Uh, holler at me on the Instagram at trashbag hashtag. Bryce. Yeah, hey, check us out on patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club where we do a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, we uh, have three to five bonus episodes every month over there. So you, you're getting twice as much content if you subscribe for a nominal fee of $5 a month. And we appreciate you supporting the show. Um, you can find Bryce and I on all your social media stuff. As always, I want to thank um, our producer, Riley Bray, yes. for the, uh, putting together everything. And uh, for our music, our theme song is by uh, Sun Eaters from their song, Come Alone courtesy of lotus pool records guys thank you so much for listening we love you we love it we just love you guys <laughs> really um, love it i hope you're having an amazing <laughs> summer and we will see you next week on bigfoot collectors club goodbye see you bye On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.